gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast. My name is Jay. I hope all is well. All right, guys, I want to touch on a topic real quick. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it because, frankly, I think it's ridiculous. Uh, but the all the conspiracies coming out of Hawaii with the wildfires on Maui. And I'll admit, I have seen some very unusual things, just pictures that just don't look like they should be possible. Uh, you've got trees standing in between two buildings that are just a few feet apart, and both the buildings are just completely destroyed. They're burned to the ground. But the trees are fine. Cars sitting amongst, you know, there'll be 10 cars on the street and nine of them are just burnt husks. And one of them looks like it just rolled off the assembly line. Uh, The blue umbrellas, everybody's seen the blue umbrellas or the roofs on buildings that are blue and the buildings are fine and everything around them is destroyed. I am seeing some really unusual things, just pictures and, and stories like number one, why why were the police not allowing people to evacuate? That's very strange. There's probably a reason for it. Uh, it may not make any sense to anybody, but whoever ordered it. But there's probably a reason that that was done. I don't believe that the police in that situation, even if you were ordered to, if this was a small town that you lived in and you'd grown up in, and you were the police and the whole town was on fire and people were running at you, would you keep blockading the road? No, you'd let people out. So I feel like there's a reason behind all this that we just haven't heard, probably mostly because it doesn't make for a very good story and it goes against the the narrative that's getting all the clicks. But I really want you to just stop and think about some of the stories that are coming out of this. And a lot of people are saying it was a directed energy weapon. So what you're saying is, is that Air National... Our government in this country is a Bond villain, and they have a death ray up in space, and they just decided to use it. Uh, something over water rights. I mean, I haven't followed this story very closely. About a week ago, my news feed on Facebook, that's pretty much all it was showing, was these conspiracy theorists about the Maui wildfires. And I don't know what really went on there. I don't think anybody on the mainland has any clue what actually went on. But do you really believe that our government just decided, you know, hey, we we want this land. The people aren't selling it. So you know what? Screw it. Let's just kill them. I mean, I think I have about as low opinion of our government as anybody in this country right now. But do you really believe that they are just going to just, just smite from on high a bunch of people? Do you honestly think that our government is just going to murder people because they didn't do what they said. I mean, we've seen in COVID that they're willing to do some pretty crazy stuff. Whenever anybody defies them, they they really hate that. If you if they tell you to do something and you say no, you can't tell me to do that. That that really gets that sticks in their craw. But there is a leap between shutting somebody's business down and turning them into pariah on social media and just murdering them and their whole family. It, I mean, that is a big step to take in your logic. And basically what you're saying is if you, if you believe these conspiracy theories that the government murdered all those people for, you know, to buy the land or water rights or something, you're basically saying that you think our government is a bond villain. And like I say, I think they're pretty shitty at everything they do, but I don't know that they're willing to take that next step. And maybe I'm just being naive, But I think, you know, we all hear the saying, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And I'm going to need to see something pretty compelling to convince me that the government has a death ray up in in orbit and they're using it on Hawaiians because they won't sell their land. This is not the first time we've heard this. 
during Hurricane Katrina, everybody was saying that the government blew up the levees. What I never heard was anybody say that they heard an explosion. And there's video of the levees failing. We saw what happened. And the explanation for what happened makes perfect sense, especially when you compare it to the videos that they have of the water coming over the levees for like an hour before the wall started to fall down. Pretty simple to see what happened. You know, I have never seen anybody bring up a piece of a levee wall that looks like it was shattered from an explosion. And again, we have videos of the levees failing. We see what happens. And of course, at 9-11, the, you know, the big conspiracy that that was a controlled demolition and the government did that intentionally. Again, that's saying that the government's just willing to just murder thousands of people. Um, I'm not sure what the uh, purpose of the bringing the tower down would have been, but here's the big thing with me. There are plenty of videos on YouTube of controlled explosions. I mean, there's probably thousands of them. And in a lot of these videos, they will show the inside of that building being prepped to be demolished. It's not just a building that they walk into and stick some bombs here and there, and then they walk out and set them off. They spend months preparing those buildings to come down because they are trying to get it to come down in a very specific way. And you don't just put explosives in a building and hope for the best. They will completely gut the interior of a building that they're getting ready to demolish. To, I mean, to the point where, you know, there'll be a couple of pillars in the center of the building. They're just the things that are absolutely essential to keep that building standing upright while they work on it. And the day I hear somebody that worked in the Twin Towers that said, yeah, there was construction crews in here taking all the walls and insulation and wiring and the plumbing and air ducts, everything came out. I mean, it was just some some I-beams sticking up through the bare floor. When I t hear that guy, I'll maybe think, well, maybe there is something to this. But they ha would have to just pretty much completely gut that building to get it ready to to do the controlled explosion stuff. And obviously they didn't do that. So I can't understand why people are so infatuated with this idea. And you know, most people know that it's ridiculous. You know, we saw that you know this giant plane filled with hundreds of thousands of gallons of jet fuel crashed into it. That's what made it fall. But there's a very vocal minority of people that just really cling to the idea that the government did that. Now, a lot of that is just George Bush hatred. Again, I don't know why. I mean, I don't care for Joe Biden. I didn't vote for Joe Biden. But I don't think that he's going to order a strike on American soil just because he feels like taking a few people out. You know, I don't think that he is capable of that, would want to do that. And again, maybe I'm naive, but let's keep things in the, in the realm of the possible when we're looking into these things. You're always going to have some nut jobs that want to believe the most fantastical story they can come up with. But a lot of these pictures that you're seeing, and, and again, I've seen some very unusual pictures I've seen a couple of pictures of cars that are just like sitting in a dirt lot. There's nothing near them, but the car is just a burnt husk. And I actually saw one where it had burned so hot that the aluminum wheel on the tire had melted. And there was a like a little stream of aluminum coming away from the car. The only problem with pictures like that is we don't know the providence of the picture. You've got a lot of quote unquote citizen journalists that are reporting on that stuff. And do you, there's no way for me to tell sitting in Virginia, I'm 6,000 miles away from Hawaii. I'm about as removed from it as I could possibly be. Did that guy pull that car to that lot and then set it on fire so he could put a picture on it? Or is that just something he come across that needs to be explained further? 
Because you don't know, are these people reporting what they're seeing or are they trying to get the next viral video so their social media accounts can blow up and they can be an influencer? And I enjoy a good conspiracy theory as much as the next guy, but it's got to make a little bit of sense. And I just feel like with this Maui wildfire story, we really, we've kind of jumped the shark. I mean, we went to some really dangerous territory. Uh, But again, if you believe that the government is capable of just mass slaughter on a whim of its own citizens, you know, we've got an election coming up about this time next year. You could spend some time in the next few months, you figure out who the outsider is, who is the the man or woman who they're not career politicians. They've spent their the first 25 years of their life after college uh, running a business, you know, running some kind of foundation, being a doctor. I, I hesitate to do lawyers because it seems like every damn body in Congress is a lawyer. And when you put somebody that has you know, spent their life studying the law and all of a sudden they're in charge of making laws, boy, howdy, do they love it. And they will pass laws left, right, and center. I don't like lawyers being politicians. It seems like that's kind of a no-brainer for that position, but it's also not the best fit, in my opinion, uh, because you've got people that, you know, they made their they made their money working with the law, and the more convoluted, crazy laws they can pass, that's going to make easy make it easier for their brethren coming up through the law schools to make even more money than they did it just it almost seems like a uh, a conflict of interest for lawyers to be the legislatures because they can do themselves a whole lot of good by doing us a whole lot of bad while they're in office but find the person that has worked in the private sector they're not a career politician you know, we can vote every single member of Congress out next week and or not next year, next election, and one third of the senators. In six years, we could have all new people in both the Senate and the Congress. If you really believe that your government is willing to kill people just to get their land, that's what we need to do. But for some reason, I have a feeling that we will vote the exact same jackasses that are in office right now. Uh, maybe some people will get shifted out, but it'll be just just a doppelganger of that person. Maybe they'll have a different letter in front of their name for their party affiliation. But for the most part, we're stupid enough. We will just keep electing the exact same type of jackass over and over. And until we stop doing that, nothing's going to change. And it doesn't matter how many crazy stories come out of Hawaii. I'd like to see some change, but I don't think this is enough to push it over the edge. All right, now that we've got the downer out of the way, what I really wanted to talk about, and I should have done this last week, but I let things get in the way and it didn't happen, but something amazing and wondrous happened last week, and that was the kickoff of the NFL season. If you've been a longtime listener of the show, you know that I generally will run my mouth about the NFL for at least one episode leading up to the the season finale, the season kickoff. Uh, I missed it this year. I apologize, but we're going to make up for that right now because, because gosh, this is just a great time of year. Now, normally I like to talk about the lead up to the season because every NFL fan believes that their team, you know, maybe they, maybe they're realistic enough to say, you know, well, we're not going to make the Super Bowl this year, but we did a lot of Got a lot of acquisitions. You know, our draft was awesome. You know, we're going to take a big step forward. That We're going to be a good team this year. And where I'm doing this a week after the first games, and actually the first game of week two was played the other night, you've got a lot of people that are getting a big heaping dose of reality. And nope, our team sucks. 
Now, I don't mean to sound too blowhardy. Uh, my team, uh, and again, if you listen, I'm a Cowboys fan. Uh, my team look awesome on Sunday. Now, I think part of that is the New York Giants are not quite as good as everybody expected them to be. And then you add in the fact that it was, for most of the game, a pretty heavy rain, which always makes those games kind of kind of wonky. And it makes it, you know, no matter who's the better team, you know, it's kind of a coin flip of who's, who's going to do well in the rain and who's just going to fall apart. And plus the New York Giants, they just had one of those games where, man, everything was just going wrong. And I've seen plenty of games where that was on Dallas's side of the ball, and they're they're hard to sit through. So I really I don't think the Giants are anywhere near as bad as they looked. I don't expect Dallas to be anywhere near as dominant as they were last week, but but they looked great. And I'm trying not to get too excited because it's a long season. You know, a lot of things can happen. I've seen some pretty decent Dallas teams get derailed just because you just get riddled with injuries. And by the time you get to the playoffs, you know, you're a shadow of the team that started the season. You just ask the New York Jets, man. You One injury can completely change the outlook of your season. So it's a long season. You know, a lot can happen. It's not just talent. It's There's a lot of luck. There's you know, just a team that you have to beat. Do they just get super hot at the right time and, and get to where, you know, there's a three or four game stretch where just nobody's going to beat them. And it doesn't matter the talent of either team involved. They're just clicking on all cylinders and they just go out and they just, anybody that plays them gets their ass handed to them. So obviously a lot of things can happen. And and like I say, I'm trying not to get too excited just yet. Let's get a little deeper into the season and we'll start thinking about a playoff run and maybe a Super Bowl appearance. But but in the meantime, I'm really going to enjoy the success that Dallas had last week, uh, particularly because this time last year, Dak Prescott broke his thumb in the very first game and they lost. They really did not look good at all. And in between week one and week two, I was just really thinking that this was going to be, you know, it's just one of those seasons where I'm just going to sit and watch the games. And at the end of the season, Dallas won't make the playoffs and that'll be that another season down the toilet. But this year it feels much different, and by God, I'm going to enjoy it. Now, while we're talking about the NFL, I do want to talk about something a little more uh, sociologically involved with the NFL. You know, any time, and it seems like it's usually teachers that are on strike or, or somebody's defending a teacher's union or something along those lines, you'll, you'll hear somebody yell out, you know, why should a football player get paid millions of dollars and teachers only make about 45000 Well, there's actually a reason for that. Think about how many schools are in the city you live in or the county you live in. And then think about how many teachers work at that school. Now, the county school district where I live, uh, they employ about 330 teachers. That's just one county. Um, I'm not sure how many schools are in the county. I think there's a couple of high schools, probably four or five middle schools, and something like 10 or 15 elementary schools. But that's just one county. In the entire NFL season... There are 1,696 roster spots across 32 teams. So in any given year, there are less than 2,000 people playing on an active roster in the NFL. Let's just say 1,700. 1,700 people out of 7 billion on the planet. Now we throw around the term, you know, one in a million pretty liberally. Uh, That's not one in a million. That's one in four million. One person out of every four million people on this planet has the physical gifts to play in the NFL. So you have a 
tiny group of employees that are working for a, a league, a company, however you want to think of it, that their revenue in 2022 was about $18 billion. They are generating a huge amount of money through ticket sales, and that's just the NFL's revenue. You got to think, you know, the stores that sell the shirts, you know, of course, a little bit of that is going to licensing fees to the NFL and would be included in that $18 billion. But also the store that sells the shirts, they make a little bit of profit off that. The company that distributed the shirts, they make a little bit of a profit off that. The company that produced the shirts, they make a little bit of profit off that. So the $18 million, that's just the NFL. There are billions upon billions of dollars being generated in these secondary industries around the NFL that only employs 1,700 players. That is why these people get paid so much to play a game, because they have an incredibly marketable, incredibly rare skill, and it's a hugely popular sport, so it's making a ton of money. Now, I don't mean, I'm not impugning teachers in this, I'm just saying, you know, it's just economics, supply and demand. There are a lot of teachers. Obviously, from everything you hear, there's, you know, we need more teachers, but there are a ton of teachers employed in this country, and that's not actually generating any revenue to fold back into their salaries. All of that comes out of taxpayer money. And I don't mean to say that, you know, they, I feel like, you know, whatever you can get for what your job is, you know, more power to you. But reality has to be factored into what you're expecting to get. Hundreds of thousands of teachers employed in this country, and we can't pay them a million dollars a year. Can you imagine the the tax debt that we would all be incurring if that was the case? And the supply and the demand is absolutely a factor. You, you can argue with it all you want to, but again, you have to deal with reality on reality's terms. And there are a lot of people that have the ability to be a teacher. Um, it is incredibly rare for somebody to have the ability to be a starting running back in the NFL. You know, like, I mean, I, I could go to school and I could get a teaching degree. There's no way in hell I could ever, and let's just not even consider the fact that I'm way too old to join the NFL right now. But even if I wanted to, I'm I'm very short and well, not very short, but I'm nowhere near NFL size. I'm five eight and I'm slow. And there's no amount of training. I can't spend any amount of time in the weight room that is going to get me even with shouting distance of making an NFL roster, it just I simply do not physically have the ability to do that job. And even in the football playing world, you know, when you watch somebody play high school football, when you're watching those teams on the field, the chances that anybody on that field has the physical ability to make it to the NFL is basically zero. When you're watching a college game, you know, only the absolute creme de la creme of college players will go on and be successful in the NFL. You know, the people that do make it to the NFL, if you could see them in high school, that looked like they're from another planet. Uh, the The school that I graduated from, he's not in the league right now, but um, Ahmad Bradshaw graduated from the high school that I went to. And I never saw him play. I, I stopped going to games when I graduated high school, and he was several years behind me. But I've talked to people that would go to the games where he was there, and you know they said watching him play, he said it looked like everybody else on the field was in slow motion. You know, the people that make it to the NFL, they are they're not just the best player in their high school or in their district; they're the best player that that district's ever seen. I mean, they're on literally another level. 
and just not many high school players are ever going to even sniff getting to the NFL. At my high school, you know, Ahmad Bradshaw, he made it to the NFL. Before him, you've got to go all the way back to the 30s. A man named, uh, oh shoot, what was his name? Uh, Bill, Bill Dudley, Bullet Bill Dudley played for the New York Giants, which ironically is who Ahmad played for. Uh, But Bullet Bill Dudley played for the New York Giants like in the late 20s, early 30s. You have to go back that far to find another player that made it to the professional level. I think that's part of why the NFL is so popular, though, too, because it is, and most sports are this way, but it's just, it's a pure meritocracy. And when a football team takes the field tomorrow, you know that that is the best 11 offensive players that that organization can find. On the other side of the ball, that's the best 11 defensive players that that organization can find. And we like that. We like the pure competition. It's just who's best. You know, there's no politics. There's there's no, well, you know, my uh, my daddy, he donated a bunch of money and they built a new training facility at the home office. And that's why that guy is on, on the squad. You, you don't see any of that in professional sports, at least not the NFL. And yes, it sounds insane when you hear that, you know, this quarterback for this team's making $60 million a year. And that is, that's crazy money. But, you know, again, you got to think there's 32 NFL teams. They each have one starting quarterback. And even out of those, you know, there's only 10 that are really elite status players. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, they're not going to hurt your team, but they're not going to be able to put the team on their back and and carry you to a victory all on their own. They They need the team around them. And that's kind of part of the problem with paying these quarterbacks so much. The NFL has a salary cap, and I'm not sure what level it is. It actually gets adjusted for inflation each year. The thinking is that you you have to have an elite quarterback to go to the Super Bowl. And a lot of times that's true. It's not always. We've seen you know they get labeled game manager quarterbacks. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but... You know, a lot of teams, you know, they find who they think is their franchise player. I just look at the New York Giants, Mr. Jones, that really did not look like he was worth the money on on Sunday. But, you know, they'll pay this guy a crazy amount of money. And now they've got a salary cap. So, you know, that's that's a big chunk of the pie for that year that's devoted to this one player. And, yes, you want a great quarterback. And, yes, if he does not get paid with your organization, you know, unfortunately it's a business, you know, team loyalty, and I understand, you know, these an NFL careers only will last eight, ten years. You know, you need to make your money while you're there. But there's no team loyalty anymore. You know, if, if this team won't pay me what I think I'm worth, you know, I'll go on the open market. And maybe somebody else will pay me. So teams will pay their quarterbacks that they believe are the franchise guy a huge amount of money. The problem that you run into, it's a double-edged sword when you do that because you've paid this guy a lot of money. You've got less money to pay the other 52 guys on your roster. So you start losing skill players around the guy. You start losing your good linemen. And a lot of times these guys will, will pay their quarterback, and that very next year you'll start to see a decline because they start losing the pieces. And again, I said there's very few people that can just put the team on their back and and everything will be fine. You know, all these guys, I don't care how good you are. Troy Aikman was a fantastic quarterback for the Cowboys, one of the most accurate passers in the in the world. But as the salary cap kicked in and they started losing players, their productivity started going down. You know, their their records weren't as good as they were anymore. You know, they stopped going to the NFC Championship every year. It's just what happens when you see these quarterbacks get paid these huge contracts. You know, all of a sudden the – 
the really good receivers that they had, they're gone. You know, the offensive line's not as good. The, the guy's getting sacked more. He's starting to throw more interceptions because he doesn't have time in the pocket. It affects the team. And I really think in the next few years, you're going to start to see teams kind of kind of slow the roll on paying the quarterbacks these huge amounts. They're going to try to find somebody that, you know, is close to that elite level, but maybe not in that rarefied air of like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. And they're going to find a guy that will say, you know, look, I understand I'm not quite as good as these guys. I'll take lower pay so we can have better players around me. And let's go kick those guys' asses. I kind of fully expect that you're going to see that soon. I think I think the teams are going to figure out that, you know, yes, it's great to have this uh, superstar quarterback in the stable for the, for the remainder of his career, but it's killing our team. And, you know, let's face it, it money talks. And I think that, they're going to figure out that, yeah, it's great to have this super stud of a quarterback on the team. He's going to sell us a lot of a lot of jerseys, but the team is going to make a lot more money if we keep getting deep into the playoffs and maybe win a Super Bowl or two. But those are just my thoughts. Um, I hope everybody enjoys the games tomorrow. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to be traveling. I'm not going to get to watch the games. Um, I'm hoping that I can listen to the broadcast on the radio as we're driving, but who knows. But I hope everybody enjoys the games tomorrow, unless you don't like the NFL. And in that case, I I don't understand you, but I hope you had a good weekend anyway. And that's about all I've got for you today, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed the show. I know it's kind of a light topic, and I've run my mouth quite a bit longer on it than I intended to, but here we are. Uh, But if you did enjoy the show, please leave me a like. Uh, The subscription would always be appreciated. Uh, Take a minute to rate the show on whatever you download this from. Uh, If you'd like to leave me a comment, you can do so at the Fresh Frozen Southerner Facebook page, or you can go to freshfrozensoutherner at gmail.com. All right, guys, enjoy your weekend. I hope everybody's enjoying the lead up to the fall, and we will talk again very soon. Thank you very much.